Welcome to the men's global live stream, guys. If you have a Bible, I want you to hold two spots and only two. I want you to hold a spot in Hebrews chapter 11 and then Psalm 121 in that order. Those are our two key passages. As we start a new series called Roadman. And just to kind of get us thinking in the right direction, let's talk about roads, all right? Every guy listening to the sound of my voice right now, we're hitting the road, right? Literally and figuratively, we're going to work, we're doing activities, we got trips of all kinds. Maybe you're on the road right now listening to the sound of my voice. And that first kind of road is a literal, physical, either paved road or dirt road, some kind of highway, freeway, byway. You are on a road and there's a certain excitement with some road trips as opposed to others, like, you know, the drive to work versus a road trip with the guys. Um, there's even songs, right? On the road again, right? There's a lot of you country guys that are gonna finish that out, but just in case you're like me and you didn't know the words, on the road again, going places that I've never been, seeing things that I may never see again, and I can't wait, come on, to get on the road again. So, there's literal road that we travel, all right? Now that's kind of a metaphor, those experiences, literally. Sometimes the road we're traveling is mundane, sometimes it's super exciting. The visuals sometimes are super boring, sometimes the visuals are spectacular. And it's a good metaphor for the next type of road, which is the road of life, right? And that road is a metaphysical one, right? That speaks to your personal past and the roads that you've traveled in your past, your past experiences, past choices, past seasons, right? Your present, the present road that you're traveling right now filled with probably blessings and challenges. And then the road that you're gonna travel, future experiences, and that makes up in some, the road of life. And that road, past, present, and future, it's filled with people, it's filled with circumstances, it's, it's filled, unfortunately, with trauma and losses and encounters, right? Victories, defeats, and all of the emotions and all of the sensations that go with that particular season, that road that you traveled, in that period of time. So there's a literal road, there's the road of life, and then there's the end of the road, and that's the moment where we stop. We stop traveling, whatever road we're on, and we make a transition. You know, maybe if you've watched some of these competitions on TV, there's a panel of judges, and there's round after round after round, but when somebody's journey in that competition stops, what do those judges say? They say, Sorry, Joe, this is the end of the road for you today, right? Now, the Bible says that you and I, we are road men. What does that mean? It means that we're on this road of life and we're on a journey, and at some point, we will get to the end of the road and transition into a new journey with God forever, right? So that's what we're gonna study. We're gonna talk about the, the joys and challenges of being 
on your personal journey with God on the road of life, and then you're gonna get to that end of the road, all right? But God has some things to say about this road that we're on now, and that's really what we wanna pay attention to. God says that, that there's choices of roads, right? There's narrow roads and there's broad roads. One road leads to life, the other leads to destruction. God says there's gonna be obstacles, you're gonna be opposed, you're gonna be thwarted, there's going to be difficulties, trials, delays, difficulty, uh, all obstacles on the road to God, right? But God says he's gonna be with us in the midst of all that. He also says that the road of life will create unplanned encounters and experiences with people, and those interactions with people are super important on this road of life that we're traveling. And then, of course, sometimes God takes us off-roading, right? On some adventure that was totally unplanned but is totally cool, and we don't know that it's totally cool until we're on the other side of the experience of going off-road with God, and then we look back and we're like, oh my goodness, that was unplanned, I would have never taken that road, but God took me down that road and I'm so glad that he did. So what we're gonna do in part one, we're just gonna look at what the Bible says about travelers on the road to God, right? What, is, what does the Bible say about the road man on his way to God? And then we're gonna look at four fears that road men have, right from scripture, all right? As they travel to God and then God's four answers. So let's look at that first passage in Hebrews 11 and let's talk about roadmen and how they travel this road. It's Hebrews 11, verses 13 to 16. And of course, if you're familiar with the Bible, uh, it, Hebrews 11 is called the Hall of Faith. It's talking about people who believe and how they traveled in faith on this journey to God. So let's read the passage, then we'll unpack it. And I think we're gonna find a pretty cool conclusion there uh, at the end. All right, it says this in Hebrews 11, 13 to 16. All these people, the road people, were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. All right, so there's, there's four verbs, four present active indicative verbs, right? Ones with an ing ending. Four words that identify God's roadman. And the first word that identifies us says all these people were, write this down, living by faith before the fact, right? The Bible says they did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from afar. So people who believe in God believe they're traveling this road of life as a pilgrim and they are on their, on their way to God, right? So that's the promised destination. All right, and they're committed to it, all right? There's God, there's a promise of God, and road people who live in faith 
are living life in that promise every day with energy and with purpose. They're living in the promise that they will land at the destination with God. The second word that we see is the word admitting. Write this down. They're admitting their identity as they travel the road of life with their actions. The Bible says people who say such things show that they are looking for a country on their own. In other words, their actions show that they are focused and believing in the destination, right? They're here on earth, but their focus is on the destination, which is heaven, right? And their actions now show their focus, all right? So all road men, you and I, men of faith, men of God, we're traveling the road of life, and we have a promise from God, and we're living by faith in that promise before the fact of experiencing it, right? We're welcoming it from a distance, and we're admitting our identity with our actions, right? We're living in light of that. We're making choices in light of that. The third word in the passage uh, is the word looking. Write this down. And they're looking beyond earth to heaven. Kind of is consistent. The dominoes are falling, right? They get a promise from God, right, of eternity with him, right? And then they're admitting with their identity, and they're admitting their identity with their actions, right? We're heavenly men, not earthly men, and so we're living in light of where we are going, and we're looking beyond this life to the next one. It's called having an eternal perspective. We live presently with an eternal perspective in light of our destination. And then the last word in the passage is longing. Write this down. They're longing for better to replace broken, right? So living on earth, right, you have an unredeemed, fallen, broken earth, and then you have a perfect heaven, right? Where God is, where there's no sin, there's no evil, there's no injustice, right? Who wouldn't want better to replace broken? And that's what we're longing for, aren't you? Especially in today's global moment. I mean, it's like, take me now, Lord. But until that time, I'm here and I'm traveling this road on earth, all right? And now here's the cool thing. So all roadmen, right? We're living by faith before the fact. We're admitting our identity by our actions. We're looking beyond earth to heaven and we're longing for better heaven to replace broken where we are now. And we are, we are doing that. What's God thinking as we are living that way on this road to God, all right? The Bible says, therefore, in the last verse, 16, therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Write this down. God is proud and preparing for your arrival. As you live by faith, as you admit your identity by your actions, as you're looking beyond earth to heaven, and as you're longing for better to replace broken, God is proud, not ashamed, to be called their God because we live that way as we're traveling this road on earth to heaven, right? And he's preparing for our arrival. He's preparing a city for them, okay? The people that are living like this. I think that's so cool to know as you're making daily choices 
to love God and to love people every way you possibly can. That's living by faith. That's showing with your actions who you are. That's looking beyond earth to heaven. And that's longing for better to replace broken. As we're doing that, men of God and roadmen traveling to God, what's God thinking? What's he doing? Man, he's proud and he's preparing for your arrival. Just let the paint dry on that for a second. Some of you are gutting it out right now. Man, you're, you're faith in it. You're not feeling it. And God wants you to know he's proud of you, not ashamed to be called your God. And guess what? He sees everything. He's Elroy, the God who sees. And he sees you. He sees the choices that you're making. He sees the sacrifice. He sees the commitment that you are a roadman traveling to God. And um, he's proud. And he's getting ready for you. He's getting ready for you to arrive. And that's, that's uh, an encouragement for all of us, amen? God's getting ready for us to arrive. He'll be ready when your time comes and you hit the end of the road. And I don't know where or when that's gonna be, how it's gonna happen, but when that time comes, it's just so comforting to know that God is ready for my arrival. Why don't you just say that with me? God's ready for my arrival. But between now and then, we are going to travel this road in a, in a faithful way. Our actions are going to show our identity. We're going to have an eternal perspective. We're going to be focused on the finish, and that's going to drive our actions. And man, that longing that we have, that's very real too, where we're going to long for better to replace broken. All right, so the journey to God is a theme in scripture. It's a big theme in Hebrews chapter 11, and that's where I kind of want to lay the foundation. You and I are roadmen. We're pilgrims on a journey to God, and this is what the Bible says about how we travel that road. Now, uh, it's a theme, and the road to God, very clearly, as some of you are really feeling today, requires endurance. Sometimes you just if you're like me at all, sometimes when you're on this road to God and you're trying to stay faithful and you're trying to do the right thing and you're trying to have a, a heavenly mindset on earth, you just want to give up. I mean, life is relentless. Jesus said in this life, you will have tribulation. That means that our plan will get bowling balled. Our comfort will get bowling balled. Our expectations, our dreams will get bowling balled, right? Knocked over and knocked out. And when you hit those moments, sometimes you're just like, really? I mean, some of you are saying that right now, like, really? You feel like giving up. And that's where Psalm 121 comes into play. It's a man literally on the road to meet with God. You see, in the Old Testament, you would worship in Zion or Jerusalem. That was the place where God dwelled in the temple, right? The place of his presence. And so in Psalm 121, what we see is a guy who is standing in the Jericho Valley, which is 1,200 feet below sea level. And as a roadman, he's got to get on the road. He's got to hit the road to go be 
where God is in Zion, right? The city of God. And so this is the literal city, Jerusalem, and he's going to worship. And he's got a journey. Now, the Jericho Valley is 1,200 feet below sea level. He's got to get 3,500 feet of elevation, right? He's got to get to sea level, and then he's got to travel through these mountains. And you're going to hear as we read Psalm 121 about this, this journey, what his fears are, because God speaks into his fears, and God assuring him so that he makes it into God's presence. And it's going to speak to us about our journey to God in the heavenly city, the one he's preparing for us. All right, so let's read Psalm 121. Man in the Jericho Valley. Ready? I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. So from this passage, we, we glean a few things, and God uses Psalm 121 to speak directly into the heart of the roadman who is on his way to be with God. And the first thing that's addressed is this. Write this down. Do not fear the magnitude of what I call you to do. So this guy is standing in the Jericho Valley, and he's called upon to go worship the Lord, and he's got to take this journey. God's calling him to be with him, and he's got to take this journey, and he's looking up at the journey to start, and it's like, my eyes, I lift up my eyes, and I'm looking at the mountains. Now, the mountains, mountains in the Bible represent challenges, all right? So when you see the word mountains, and it's used metaphorically like this, it's synonymous with challenges. There are so many challenges, right? There's mountains, plural. There's challenges to overcome. But then he says this, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. So having that context for this roadman, 1,200 feet below sea level, he's got to get to Zion. Huge challenges on that journey. What does he tell himself? Well, I'm going to need help for this journey. And he says, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. What's he saying? Okay. Those mountains, those challenges, yes, they are big. This is going to be a challenge for me, but guess what? My maker is bigger than the mountain, all right? God says, I'm bigger, all right? And he has a right view of God, and when you have the right view of God that the maker is bigger than the mountain, all right, or the challenge, you can have 
a right view now of the challenge. And so he reframes the challenge now. My eyes look to the hills. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? And then all of a sudden he starts looking away from the challenge to God. And he's like, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And you know what, guys? That's what God's saying to many of you right now listening to the sound of my voice. You're experiencing, your eyes are focused on the challenges, on the mountains of life. And like the psalmist, you need to say, hey, I'm acknowledging those. My eyes look to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And God wants you to know that the maker of heaven and earth is bigger than the mountain that you're facing, all right? He's bigger. He's bigger than that financial problem you've got yourself into. He's bigger than the relational challenge that's in front of you, right? He's bigger than the professional challenge that you have. He's bigger than the temptation that you are experiencing. He's, when you're bigger, you're more than able to help, right? So the challenge in front of me is only intimidating if the power behind me is insufficient. But the Bible says right now on your journey of life where you are in a challenge or when you get to a new moment where you face a challenge, God is bigger. Your life in God reflects your view of God. Your journey with God reflects your view of God. And that's what the Bible is saying to us, man. God's word. As roadmen, on the way to God, we're gonna encounter some fears. And one of them is, this challenge is too great for me. What God's calling me to do right here, it's too much, I can't do it, and God's just going, uh-uh, I'm bigger. I'm the maker of heaven and earth. Keep going forward, right? I love that, right? And it gives you confidence of perspective. We all need that when facing a challenge. Right? We need to know that the power behind us is bigger than the challenger in front of us. And that's what God's saying. I'm the maker and I'm bigger than the mountain. All right? God says I'm bigger. The second uh, theme in here where God is speaking is this. Write this down. Do not fear misfortune on the way. Men, on the way to God, you're going to hit misfortune. And because we know that we live in a fallen, unredeemed, unjust, evil world that opposes and thwarts, right? It's the same for the guy on the Jericho Road. There was so much misfortune that was out there, right? There's, there's hazardous, steep cliffs. He can fall into all these wadis, these, these deep valleys that go down, you know, he's... He's wearing sandals, man. He's on a dirt road. It's, it's, it's slippery. There's the potential for setbacks. There's the potential for injuries. There's a potential for fatal falls. And he might even experience some of those things. But here's the message from God, right? Right there in Psalm 121. Let's read it together. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Wow. Man, if you're the dude on the Jericho Road, that's a promise you want, right? And that promise gives you confidence in the advance. God says, I will anchor you, right? Write that down. God says, I will anchor you, right? He will not let your foot slip. Have you ever been on a hike? You ever been climbing and you, you kind of make a step and then 
there's a slip, but then there's a slip, right? And if you've ever been on a hike or where your, your foot grabbed the earth, right? And the earth and the physics of it didn't let your foot slip all the way, and then you take a tumble. I think all of us have been in a situation like that where we started to slip, but then there was some physics, some anchor that just went boom, and we stopped slipping, and we were able to plant and to move on. That is the picture. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. What does that mean? God's got his eye on you. He's not going to let you slip. All right? Now, you might have a misstep. You might have a setback, but setbacks aren't sentences, right? It doesn't mean that you don't keep traveling the road to God. It doesn't mean you don't stop doing whatever will show love for God and people. Falls aren't fatal, right? Proverbs 24, 16, it's not in your notes, but it says a righteous man stumbles seven times, but rises again, right? Stumbling on the journey is expected. Uh, big amen there. A uh, big amen from this guy, man, because I stumble a lot on my road to God. But stumbling or set, getting set back, that's not a sentence. Stumbling's expected, the Bible says, right? Righteous man falls seven times. That means God's man, right? The righteous man, even he falls seven times. What does seven times mean? It means a lot, right? It's like so many times, but rises again. Rising makes the man of God. Rising makes the road man who makes it successfully to God, right? He watches over us. He is going to, he sees exactly where you are. Keep pressing forward into God, into God's will, into the next destination where God is calling you forward on the road to him. A third theme that we see in Psalm 121 is this. Do not fear exposure to pressures and unknowns, right? Pressure and unknowns, right? Make you feel vulnerable, right? When you're out in the open, it's a terrain change, right? You, you can see like, okay, I'm traveling this narrow dirt, you know, path. There's a, there's a long drop to my right. He's going to anchor me. But then on the journey, the terrain changes, right? And now I'm like in the wide open space, right? And when you're unprotected, no mountains, no cover, no shade, right? You're, you're in a terrain change, and you move to the open ground. Look at what Psalm 121 says. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night, right? When you say yes to God for your journey, you start the journey now, and you're on a journey to him. When you say yes to God, there's, there's two things that you're not immune to, all right? Pressure and the unknown, right? Pressure and the unknown. The sun in the open, right? In, in this, this territory, Jericho Valley, walking to Jerusalem, that's pressure, man. That's dehydration. That's sweat. That's heat and pressure, right? And he's going to experience it. What does God say? The Lord is your shade. 
So under the pressure, he's going to get relief. But you got to turn to the Lord to get the relief. Some of you right now are under huge, huge pressure, and you're, you're, you're not turning to the Lord. You're turning to yourself. You're turning to your buddies. You're turning to your resourcefulness. And God is saying, stop that. I'm the shade when you're feeling pressure and vulnerable. I'm going to be your shade. Turn to me. I'm the shade at your right hand, right? That means I'm near. I'm not far. You turn to God, he'll turn to you. But you have to stop trusting yourself or man and start trusting the Lord. Some of you needed to hear that right now, today. And you're going to change who you're trusting in. God wants to be your relief. But then there's the unknown. So there's sun by day, the moon by night. Just darkness. It's the unknowns. It's things that go bump in the night, things you can't control, things that you can't see. And so God's going to be shade to comfort you from the sun, but God is going to protect you at night as well. So there's pressure and you're feeling it and you can see that and you need to turn to the Lord when you're dealing with that pressure. But then there's stuff that you just can't see, right? That's out there. It's just out there. And you could drive yourself crazy thinking of all the unknowns, but God's just saying, I got that, you keep going forward in me. I got this, you keep going forward in me. I got that person, you keep going forward in me. I'll take care of them, you keep going forward in me, right? Stay on the journey to God, right? Stay there. So don't fear exposure to pressure and unknowns. God says, write this down, I will comfort and assure you in the midst, right? But the only way you can experience the Lord's comfort and assurance in the midst is to turn to him. He's available and he is watching and he's ready to act and give you relief from the sun and comfort with the unknowns, but you got to trust him, right? On your journey to him, right? The third theme that we see is do not fear enemies opposing you on the way to God. God's like saying, hey, don't fear enemies opposing you on the way to me, all right? Because you're going to be opposed, right? You're going to be opposed by supernatural forces. You're going to be opposed by natural circumstances. You're going to be opposed by the devil. You're going to be opposed by your own fears and insecurities. There's, there's opposition, right? But guess what? Opposition calls out faith in the God who's bigger, who's watching, who will anchor you, and who will comfort and assure you. Right? Look at what it says in Psalm 121. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. So when the Bible says the Lord will keep you from all harm, what does all harm mean? all harm. Now, will people harm you? Possibly. But the Lord redeems everything that happens to us. Because if you love the Lord, the Bible says that God is causing all things to work together for the good of those who love him to them that are called according to that purpose, right? On the road to God, right? And so he redeems the harm. Some of you today, you've been harmed. Maybe you've been harmed by a boss, harmed by a church, 
harmed by another Christian, harmed by, you know, a friend. I don't know. Maybe physically harmed. You know, but God is going to redeem that. God can take that harm and he can redeem it. How do I know that? Because God took the harm of the cross inflicted upon Jesus. What did he do? He redeemed it. Resulting in our salvation and our redemption. The Lord will keep you from all harm. It looked bad. And he got tortured and crucified, but then God redeemed that harm, right? God watched over the totality of the moment, not just the event of the harm. And the Lord was watching. He was working. I love when it says in Psalm 121, the Lord will watch over your coming and going. God's watching over the totality of what's happening to you, not just the event of the harm or the difficulty or the trial or the mistake. He wants to redeem. He's watching over your coming and your going. See that motion came into it? Now we're, we're gonna keep going. I'm not gonna fear enemies opposing me on the way, all right? God says this, write this down. I see what you don't and will take action. It's all right, you stay on that road to me. Stay focused, right? Stay living by faith. Admit by your actions that you're a citizen of heaven, right? Look beyond earth to heaven, right? Long for better to replace broken, all right? So there's a, there's a great picture. That's why I love Psalm 121, because it's a roadman on the road to Zion, the city of God. And as we, we read in Hebrews 11, that's, that's our road, right? And we're living by faith, right? We're admitting by our actions that we belong to heaven, right? On earth, we're making different choices than people who don't believe. We're looking, we're longing, and God is proud. He's not ashamed to be called our God, and he's preparing a city. Same for this dude. He's going to the place where God is. And on this journey, he has all these promises. Don't fear the magnitude. Don't fear misfortune. Don't fear exposure to pressure and the unknowns. Don't fear enemies. I am with you, right? So how are we gonna wrap this up? I, I say we look at the roadman's prayer for the journey home. And no better roadman's prayer than Psalm 20. Three, right? It's David, right? And he's being led by God through life, all right? So we're gonna put Psalm 23 up, and as you see it on the screen, let's declare it together, ready? The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup, 
overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. You see, there's this life, and there's God's presence in this life. What is Jesus doing, right? He's making us rest. He's leading us beside quiet waters. He refreshes, and then he starts guiding. Then we, we move on, right, along the right path for his name's sake, right? We're the sheep. He's the shepherd. We're on this road with our shepherd. He's guiding us along the right path for his name's sake. We're going to encounter stuff, dark valleys, but we're not going to be afraid. Why? Because he's with us. He's going to protect us. He's going to comfort us. And then we're even going to experience on this road, right, these huge blessings, like we're celebrations, like you're going to prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies, right? God's going to conquer things, and you're going to celebrate victories. You're going to experience his presence. That's the anointing with oil, right? And you're just going to be so full, and that's what I love in this life and in the next. Eternal life is not then and there. It's here and now. The moment you got saved, eternal life began. You began to experience God, experience heaven, right? And experiencing your cup overflowing with his presence and blessing, right? It's not culminated yet, but you're starting to experience eternity now to give you glimpses and blessings of what's to come, right? And then I love how David closes out, surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, this life, right? And then I hit the end of the road and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So three quick observations and a question, right? What we see here is that the road man has, write this down, the reality of the leadership of God. The leadership of God is yours right now on your journey to God. Secondly, we see the reality of the presence of God, right? The presence of God is yours right now. All you have to do is access it. Right? His leadership, his presence. And then third, the reality of the, sure, the assurance of God. That's yours too. Man, we are equipped for this journey, roadmen, as we travel on earth, as we, as we go through these different challenges, the mountains, right? So my question, knowing that we have the leadership, the presence, and the assurance of God, have you declared your reality? Right? If you want to do that again, just declare Psalm 23. That, is, that was a present reality for David. That's an eternal reality for God's man on earth traveling to Zion. All right? I think we're going to have a lot of fun with this series. Right? Road men. All right? Let's bow our heads. And let's just affirm what we've just learned and what God has spoken. Father, thank you for these men right now who have opened up your word. They've presented themselves before you because you know what? They need to fill up. They need to fill their tank, right, on this road of life to you. We thank you that we are on the road to Zion. We're on the road to you. And you want us living in faith. You want us admitting by our actions that we're, we're, we're not home here we're headed to home, and we live as citizens of heaven here, Lord. We're, we're looking for you. We're longing for you, God. And 
God, I know that for some men, you're calling out their faith and trust in you. You're asking them to stay committed. You're asking them to stay focused on you. You're asking them to reach the next destination today inside your will and to reach you ultimately, Lord, in a faithful way. So, Lord, we thank you for the journey to Zion. We don't have to fear the magnitude of what you're calling us to do because you're bigger. And we declare that right now, God, you are bigger than any challenge. Where does our help come from? It comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. God, we don't have to fear misfortune. You're going to anchor us. You're not going to let our feet slip. I declare that, God, that you are going to hold men to this road of faith and commitment to you, God. We don't have to fear exposure. Lord, sometimes we feel vulnerable, but you tell us that you are the shade at our right hand under pressure, and you've got the unknowns, Lord. We don't have to worry about the unknowns. You see us, you're Elroy, the God who sees. You've got us. Thank you for your comfort and assurance, and Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, we don't have to fear enemies opposing us on the way. You're going to keep us from all harm. Lord, what the enemy intends for for harm, you're going to turn it around, stick it in the enemy's face, and turn it for good, Lord. Thank you that you are a God who redeems situations in our lives. So let us not give in to feelings, Lord. Help men right now faith it and not feel their way toward you on their journey right now. I seal the truth that you've spoken to us. And I pray that you would drive it deep, deep, deep into our hearts, the reality of your leadership, the reality of your presence, and the reality of your voice and assurance to us on the road to you. In Jesus' name, and God's men said, amen. Amen. We'll see you next week for part two of Roadmen.